0: with
1: wondering. Live from the Mecca of Mormonism, Salt Lake City, Utah. This is Heart of the Matter, where Mormonism meets Biblical Christianity face to face. I'm your host, Sean McCraney. Whether you're watching on the National NRB Network, Channel 378, TV, or listening on the radio at KUTR AM 820, The Truth, we welcome you. I'm here with a very special opening guest. This is Bailey, and Bailey is just having a conversation with me. His favorite food are chicken drumsticks. His favorite uh, subject is math, and he has some, a very important message he wants to say right now. Jesus rocks. Jesus rocks. One more time. Jesus rocks. Excellent, Bailey. Thank you very much. But you did a good job. You can go right off over there. Did you know that Heart of the Matter can be seen live from anywhere in the world through streaming video? People right now at this very minute are watching uh, this face from their homes in California and Texas. Puerto Rico, Finland, China, Sweden, and other locations throughout the world. Take a minute and send an email out to a friend who can't watch it on television here in Idaho or Utah and tell them about Heart of the Matter, which can be viewed in a number of other ways as well. Online at www.hotm.tv. You can watch all the old archive shows or watch it streaming video live. You can watch Heart of the Matter, as I said earlier, on DirecTV through the NRB Network, Channel 378. You can see hundreds of segments of Heart of the Matter on YouTube. Just type in Heart of the Matter or Mormonism or Sean McCraney and those will pop up. And if you live in the state of Utah, you can listen to replays of Heart of the Matter on AM 820 KUTR, The Truth, when every Sunday afternoon from 1 to 2 p.m. And if you're in the area, while you're listening to the AM 820 The Truth, Take a drive to the Alpine Church in Riverdale or to the University of Utah in Salt Lake City. And there we have weekly verse-by-verse Bible studies, not, never denominational, uh, never religious, just the Word of God. And we are there usually without fail, God willing, open to, uh, it's it's an open to all environment. And uh, we examine the Word of God. We test it. We discuss it lay it out there's nothing more important in the Christian walk once a person has been saved than reading studying and trying to apply God's Word to their lives for more information go to www.calvarycampus.com we're having a volunteers meeting uh, when this coming Saturday July 10 2010 the Holiday Inn Express 4500 South Salt Lake City right off the I-15 who can come any and all interested, uh, volunteering, uh, interested in helping uh, and volunteering for Aletheia Ministries and our expanding needs, uh, from 10 to 2 a.m. A p.m. Lunch will be served. We would love to see you there because um, we have some things that. You can just come and see if you want to volunteer. And you can come and uh, if there is something, it can be something that takes very little time or it can be something that you really want to deeply get involved. Uh, so we hope you'll uh, join us then. I have with me sitting next to me um, a very nice young man. He is a small, <laughs> corn-fed uh, young man, uh, good good guy. He's a director with uh, of a film, uh, documentary, so to speak, religion and redemption. His name is Brad Egerton. Brad, how is the production coming?
2: Uh, It's going pretty good so far. Um, So far, like about six months ago, my friend James Anderson and I came uh, to Utah, drove the straight 22 hours from Texas, um, and spent about three weeks here, shot a documentary, and I'm back this summer working with uh, Russ East and Utah Partnerships for Christ, and kind of editing while I'm here, and you know, I, I can shoot any pickup footage I need to just by walking right out the door so it's kind yeah. of convenient so it's going pretty good should be done in a few weeks
1: and uh, then what what is the way people uh, can get a hold of that are you gonna sell DVDs are you gonna show it online what, what how can they get a hold of it
2: we're looking to do a, a church tour to oh. start out with um, to kind of raise some awareness uh, of you know of missions in Utah um, just kind of make people aware you know that Mormons you know isn't is not True Christianity, you know, because that's something they're trying to camouflage themselves as, mm-hmm. and we're trying to raise awareness. Like back in Texas, people don't really know anything about Mormonism. Wow! So we want to go on a tour, um, you know, from church to church, kind of in my start out with my area, then kind of you know extend from there. Excellent. Um, and then after that, we'll look for a DVD release.
1: And uh, the title does it is it self explanatory? Religion and Redemption.
2: Yeah, Religion and Redemption. Um, you know, one of my favorite stories in the New Testament is uh, Luke 18, the parable of the of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Mm. Um, shows a difference right there, two parallels between a very externally religious person and someone who is broken, um, has a broken spirit and is, you know, convicted of their sin and doesn't, you know, like Paul says in Philippians, has no righteousness of his own. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, and that's just, you know, kind of what, what I wanted to stress is that it's, it's about being... Redeemed, and not about being externally religious, as so many Latter-day Saints are.
1: That's excellent. Uh, you've brought along a clip. A clip. I did. Yep. Well, we're going to take a, a quick look at this work this uh, young man's doing. It's excellent stuff. Let's take a look. Heavenly Father, to an LDS person,
3: we have to remember that the teaching is is that he's an exalted man so why they call him all the time Heavenly Father not God the Father is because of the difference we have on the Trinity Uh, the Trinity is definitely not something that LDS teaching ascribes to um, for a number of different reasons one is because the idea of God is just the fact that for for an LDS person is we are are gods in embryo it's taught we can become gods ourselves and goddesses ourselves.
2: Is it your belief that God the Father was once a man like me and you I believe that God did have the same experience as us I and mean, that he was once a man and he's becoming exalted being um, by keeping the commandments of what he needed to do do you believe that God the Father walked on this kind of earth or like what's what's kind of your explanation like he was like well, me and you like where did he live like what was his origin you know what I'm yeah I think I think was trying to say as um, far as details you know I don't really know truthfully um, that's not something i really personally get into very much because i'm kind of like it's interesting and it's something to kind of think about it's kind of cool
1: but uh i don't know for me i'm more worried about you know whether or not i'm gonna make it or not you know what i mean <laughs> like we've coined a word and it's twistianity but uh essentially they're small incremental twists away from the biblical jesus for instance biblical jesus is god incarnate biblical uh the mormon jesus is not god incarnate. The biblical Jesus was born of a virgin. The uh, LDS uh, Jesus was not.
4: In Mormonism, Joseph Smith taught that he was going to tell us how God came to be God. Well, right off, that's a red flag to anyone that knows their Bible because uh, you have it all through Isaiah chapters 43 through 47 or whatever. Verse after verse, it says there's only one God, there's never been any other, he doesn't know of any other, there wasn't any before him, there won't be any after him. The Bible's very clear, there's only one God.
2: Is it the belief that God himself though, like Heavenly Father, was once a man as well? Uh, you'd have to pray about that. you have to pray about that? What, what's your personal opinion? <laughs> I'm just asking, what's your personal opinion? What was your question? Uh, do you believe God himself was once a man? Uh, if we are to become like God, then he must have been like us one day, yes. Okay. So you believe if if God was once a man he also had a heavenly father as well? Is that is that how it works? Uh sure he had to have some kind of father himself, so
0: um can you go into a little bit uh what your church
2: believes about Jesus Christ? Was Jesus Christ at one time created or was he always God or kinda explain the origins of Jesus Christ? Um well he was created just like us, except um he um he was half God and uh he's pretty much just like just like everyone else and he died for our sins. Is it also a belief I hear that that you believe God was once a man as well? Yeah, he was like us and we have the opportunity to be like him. So God was once a
5: man? Yeah. Yeah. Really what we have is in the beginning man instead of in the beginning God. And this causes all sorts of problems because if in fact you have to first be mortal in order to become a God, we have to ask, well, how did the first god take on this type of mortality? And how did he go through this metamorphosis of human to godhood? What kind of power element enabled
2: him to do that? Mormons can't answer these questions. Where, where, where does that doctrine come from? I don't know. And the reason they can is
5: because they've gotten away from what the Bible actually says. The Bible makes it very clear from everlasting to everlasting, God was always God. He was never a man who became a God. That's, cert- that's an invention of Joseph Smith. That's certainly not a, a part of Christianity
1: The biblical Jesus suffered on the cross for all sin. The LDS twisted a little bit, and they say he suffered uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's where the real suffering for sin occurred, and then the physical suffering for death occurred on the cross. Another thing is is the cross is everything to Christians. The cross is nothing to Latter-day Saints. So all those little things, those slight little incremental shifts, turn into a full 180 from who the true Jesus is. Why did Jesus
2: Christ have to die and not say, why couldn't you die for for the sins why, why couldn't heavenly father have chosen you to be the he probably could have but jesus christ was called from the you know beginning of the world um to do that he stepped forward and um he sacrificed himself for us um i guess it could have been another person but uh he was the one chosen to do it and and we're grateful for that so. if he would have chosen you would you have been willing oh yeah i'd be willing today to do whatever i had to do for uh the church and and for heavenly father and, and our faith Mormonism is really not about Jesus Jesus is just a perfect example about how to become a God uh, Mormonism is about learning how to become a god yourself and so really Mormonism is about worshiping yourself uh, and that that worship of self uh, also turns into worship of Joseph Smith and what he did because if if jo- if men can become gods and Joseph was Revealed this to man and he was such a good man according to Mormonism then he has he's just worthy of worship just like uh, God is and so I you know as a Mormon. I was looking for worship, too I, I I was looking for God to give me praise for what I had done for him
1: Excellent. Excellent stuff. That one guy just blew me away. Yeah, yeah I could have done it. Of course I would have done it. You know, just Jesus is just this Spirit brother. Amazing yep. stuff. Yep. Look so forward to it coming out. Thank you. Appreciate All right, my that. brother. And thanks. Sean. Thanks. Thank you. And with that, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we love you, and you are uh, the Alpha and the Omega. There is none before or after you. And we we seek you now, and we seek that you will uh, send your Holy Spirit to be with us, uh, help our audiences, wherever they may be, our volunteers, our staff, our technical issues, and me as I try to host this show, keep my flesh to a minimum, and uh, let me speak truth. And when I don't, then just uh, cancel it out from the uh, hearts and ears of everybody listening. We pray in Jesus' name, amen all right well we're going to continue on our four-part study this is the conclusion uh of god the trinity by discussing the lds interpretation of some bible passages and how they say the bible refutes the trinity and supports their doctrine of god now in part one we we discussed the quixotic dilemma between human beings needing to have um answers and uh, certainty in their life, but it's mixed with the fact that we're fallen creatures and we can't discern the things of God. So we discuss that, and at least not until we're born again. And these circumstances lead men and women to creating their own fanciful notions of who God is, like we just watched on that video by Brad, and concocting their own version of him. In part two, we discussed the biblically assigned attributes of God, and remember the fire examples we use, the candle, and then we talked about the importance of his names. In part three, we discussed the divine nature of Jesus, and we had callers call in and give some excellent illustrations of how there is one God of three uh, persons, similar to that of the of the sun, how it, it, the sun is light and heat and energy. All are present. All are present. They're singular, yet uh, indivisible. They're wholly one, but separate, really good stuff. So we're going to wrap up our G topic on God tonight and with, conclude with these arguments the LDS use uh, uh, in the Bible to say God is not a Trinitarian God. Now, the three persons of God do function and work upon the cosmos and its inhabitants very differently, just like the three elements of the sun, the light, heat, and energy do. But this does not make those elements inferior or substantively different from one another. Just as the sun lights, heats, and energizes apart from each other, they are the exact same source and they're made up, uh, they make up one sun. So if you remove the light, you don't have the sun. You remove the heat, you don't have a sun. And you remove the energy, you don't have a sun. So it is with the Trinity. You remove the Father, you don't have God. You remove the Son, you don't have God. You remove the Holy Spirit, you don't have God. Enter the LDS with their unregenerated minds. Because Jesus, while in the flesh function differently from the Father, the LDS have somehow come to believe that there's a fault or discrepancy in the idea of Trinity. Latter-day Saints often forget the three persons part of the Trinity while focusing primarily on the one God aspect of it. So because of this, LDS will often ask, well, if the Trinity's correct, who did Jesus pray to when he was on the cross or in the garden? Remembering not only that God is one, but that he is also three persons, a Christian would respond by saying, "Uh, he prayed to the Father. And then the LDS come back and says, but how? How if they are one? And then what should we say, friends? We should say one of three co-eternal and co-equal persons, Father, Son in the flesh, Holy Spirit. In a similar vein, the LDS often ask, if Jesus was God, who was it then that spoke from heaven when he was baptized? I mean, if Jesus was God, then was he also a ventriloquist who cast his own voice into heaven and, and had to come back and say to him, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased? And they do this mockingly. Uh, questions like this really reveal that the LDS have been so indoctrinated by the man-made ideas. Uh, that they are nearly incapable of remembering the Christian description of one God, which has been summarized: within the nature of one God are three eternal persons. Or within the being with within one being that is God, there exists three co-equal persons, namely the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's take a look at this first line. Okay. First, we read: within one being that is God. From the Bible, Christians know and trust the idea that there is one true God and only one now and forever. This is called monotheism. There cannot be more than one God in terms of God Almighty. If more than one God is found in this belief system, it is not monotheistic, but polytheistic, meaning many. One of the main points that differentiated the Jews and Islam and Christianity from the pagan religions around this world uh, is their monotheism in the face of polytheism. Now, do you believe in monotheism or are you polytheistic? Ask yourself that question. Do you embrace the biblical doctrine that states that there is one God only one God, only has been one God, only ever will only be one God, and there never has been a God before, during, or after this one God. If not, you are not monotheistic, and you will die worshiping something other than the true and living God. And good freaking luck with that, because, uh, you know, he's not, he says, I am one, there's none before or after me. Now, if there truly is only one God, if there truly is just one, we know a few things about Jesus from that. Either he is not God because the Father is only the one God. That's how the LDS say. Or if he is God, then a unity of he and the Father and the Holy Spirit must exist that defies our human comprehension. You understand that? Now, Latter-day Saints play a little game when it comes to God. They call, him, they call Heavenly Father God. When you say God, Mormons think of Heavenly Father only and discount the full, uncreated, eternal godhood of Jesus, even though Joseph Smith's Book of Mormon states otherwise. But they also believe in an eternal regression of gods, meaning God had a father who had a father who had a father who had a father, and they also believe they will become gods, which means gods eternally out, 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 out. And, uh, but then they say they're not polytheistic. They say Heavenly Father, God, is the only God with which they have to do. That's how they say it. He's the only one with which we have to do. This stance in theology is called henotheism, H-E-N-O, theism. And henotheists claim that while they recognize the existence of other gods, um, the only one they respond to is their supreme being, uh, their heavenly father. The Bible's perfectly clear as to the oneness, the eternality, the uncreatedness, and the singularity of the one true God. God makes it very clear that before him, there is none, and after him, there will be none. So here's a question for you. Do you want to die a monotheist, or do you want to die now as a henotheist? Again, problematic. You've been taught the truth. Do with it as you will. The second example the LDS used to prove that the Bible shows the Trinitarian idea is false occurs when Stephen is being stoned. It's in Acts chapter 7, verse 55, and we read, speaking of Stephen, where it says, But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And the LDS say, Aha! You know, unaware of the blinders on their eyes, Jesus was on the right hand of the Father. Not as one, but two separate beings they try to impose. And they would, the missionaries would show a picture if they had one of Stephen being stone, And they would have God the Father in a body of flesh and bone with Jesus standing on the right hand of the Father. But reading that passage again, look carefully. It says, but he, being full of the Holy Ghost. So first of all, the Holy Spirit enabled Stephen to look into the heavens and have so-called a vision of what he was seeing. And it said, but he being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw what? The glory, it says, of God, the glory of God. And he saw the fire, the Shekinah glory of God, the fire and the light, not a being with a body of flesh and bone, but his glory blasting infernally into the eternities. And there was Jesus standing with co-equality in the presence of this uh, consuming fire, okay? So Luke records that Stephen in the Holy Spirit saw Jesus standing on the right hand of the glory of God. Jesus standing in his body at the right hand of his glory. There's nothing inconsistent with this passage with the uh, constructs of the Holy Trinity, nothing. Now, we have the power and glory of God and the Father and the Holy Spirit manifested and Jesus in his body of flesh and bones standing co-equally with them. Remember two things about this, folks. First of all, God is a spirit and we must worship him in spirit and in truth. Father God is spirit, Holy Spirit God is spirit, Jesus God is spirit. Or in other words, what was God in Jesus was spirit, while his flesh is what made him a mortal man. Do you understand that? Secondly, the LDS will sometimes say, well, how is Jesus on the right hand of God? The right hand of the glory of God was a way to say, He was there with full power and full authority. It was not attempting to say that Jesus stood on the anthropomorphic right hand of God himself. Why? Because the Father has no right hand. When the Bible ascribes anthropomorphic elements to God, it is a means to help us understand his eternal attributes. It's not a literalness of physical forms. Why can we say this? Because Jesus himself said, God is a spirit. And I didn't say that. Jesus said it. And he added, and a spirit has not flesh and bone as you see me have. Okay? Joseph contradicted that completely with his idea of who God is. Now, it only makes sense that when we read the LDS verses about Stephen seeing Jesus on the right hand of God, that they would automatically visualize an anthropomorphic father standing there with Jesus on. uh, by his anthropomorphic right hand. This is because they've been lied to and deceived and told that contrary to what Jesus said, that God has a body of flesh and bone. And then they go out and cite passages out of the Bible and that they believe proves that God, uh, the Father, is actually physical. One of the examples they use that he is physical is found in Exodus thirty-three, eleven. It says, and the Lord, all capital L-O-R-D, spake, unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And the missionaries will say, yes, see face to face right there. As a man speaks with his friend, talk to the Lord. L-O-R-D. That is God. That is everything right there. Okay. The Hebrew word for face here is panayim. Okay. And it is used all over the uh, old Testament meant to represent a number of different words. For example, speaking of Adam and Eve in Genesis 3.8, it uses the same word and it says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence, that's panayim, it's the same word as used for face there, from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Hebrew word for presence of the Lord is the same Hebrew word used for face of the Lord, panayim. Panayim is also translated into words before and before God. So where it reads, and Abraham stood before God, it's a, the Hebrew would be, and Abraham stood Panayim God. So it's used as before someone, it's used in the presence of someone, and it's used as face of someone. Panayim is used like the face of the sea over the face of the whole earth over the, the face of a crowd, it will use panium. So it doesn't mean a literal anthropomorphic face. And they use that Exodus thing to say, Moses talked to God face to face. Where did he get that face? Okay. Um, but then another way to, to disprove that is you go to the whole context, which is everything, and listen to the context of this. And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descend did, and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. What did he talk with? A cloudy pillar. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses presence to presence, face to face, as a man speaketh with his friend. They'll take that singular passage and make it look like they were sitting down having coffee and God the Father in an anthropomorphic body was saying, yeah, I really liked this stuff when I was on my earth before, except, uh, Starbucks is better. Uh, The Lord was a cloudy pillar standing there talking. Just in addition to these refutations, of LDS apologetic tricks, we must also take into account the rest of the Bible and what it says about God. Remember, no man has seen God at any time. He's a consuming fire. You step in God's presence, it's bye-bye fathead. It's whoo, okay? God is invisible, scripture says. God is a spirit and does not have flesh and bones as you see me have. Finally, the biggest biblical passage that the LDS used to say that there is no Trinity because the Father has a body of flesh and bone is the passage where God himself says, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness. According to the unregenerated and fanciful LDS mind, obviously God must have had a body in order for us to be made in his image and in his likeness, right? Well, there are several ways in which mankind was made in the image of God. First, the first man, Adam and Eve, the first man, Adam and Eve, were made in the image of God's holiness and in the image of God's righteousness, okay? Speaking of people who uh, being born again, which ultimately takes us back to the pre-fall state, speaking of us when we're born again, uh, Paul wrote in Ephesians 4, 23, 24, look at this verse. And be renewed in your spirit of your mind And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Okay? After God, we are created in righteousness and holiness. That is us being created in his image, in his righteousness and holiness. And before the fall, man was. All right? So the first way mankind was created in uh, God's image was was in terms of holiness and righteousness. The second way human beings were created in God's image is by possessing attributes of God, which other creations do not. In addition to opposable thumbs, there's a few other things that we can do that animals do not, and animals are not created in his image. For instance, we can make cognitive choices on moral law. Uh, animals do not have a spirit. They have a soul, but they don't have a spirit. But we have a spirit so that we can personally relate to God when our spirit has been cleansed. God's attributes of selflessness, kindness, forgiveness, love, judgment, are all a matter of choice in the human realm. And they help define us as to who we are too. These communicable attributes are just the another way that we can understand how God made human beings in his image. And finally, and somewhat redundantly as a topic here in Heart of the Matter, human beings are singular in nature. One person, just as God, is singular in his Godhood, but of three parts. God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Human beings are body, soul, and spirit. The Greek definitely shows that. Uh, So notice also that in that Genesis account, it supports the notion of the Trinity when it says, let us make man in our own image and likeness. That is one God of three persons who created one man of three parts. Um, do we have time? I don't think so. I'm not going to do the one, but look at John 17, And there Jesus is talking about in his intercessory prayer that the disciples will become one as he and the father are one. Jesus was with the father unitedly in his spirit to the spirit of God. They were one. And he was praying his disciples would be one in spirit in the same way too. All right. And finally, there's a verse in Hebrews 1:8, which is just a great uh, uh, verse. And if you haven't, actually a viewer, let me in on this. And it's a great one. Listen to what God himself, the father says of the son. Hebrews 1, 8 says, but unto the son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. So that is God the Father speaking, but unto the Son, God the Father says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. If Jesus was God, and Father is God, and and you're not a polytheist, and you're monotheistic, the Trinity is the only way you can go. I just want to finish with a quote from C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, page 165. He says, listen, if Christianity was something we were making up, of course we would make it easier. But it is not. We cannot compete in simplicity with people who are inventing religions. How could we? We are dealing with facts. Of course, anyone can be simple if he has no facts to bother about. Let me repeat that line, anyone can be simple if they have no facts to bother about. Enter Joseph Smith. In the end, if you have read to understand, you will wholly and completely concur that the Bible supports what Christians call the Trinity. With that, we're going to skip the partner spot and go to the phone. We have Lauren in Illinois, a first-time caller. Lauren, you're on Heart of the Matter.
4: Is this Sean?
1: This is Sean. How are you?
4: Good. How are you?
1: I'm very good.
4: Hey, I'm calling from Illinois, and I just wanted to let you know I don't know John.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> um,
4: and, and I haven't seen any Danites out here, so I guess everything's pretty cool but in regards to that. <laughs> so
1: you're safe?
4: Um, I'm probably not too far from Chicago in northern Illinois.
1: I see. So what's happening, Lauren?
4: Well, I got a question for you. Um, With the Mormon doctrine, um, well, like, say if you didn't permit your children to have anything to do with their mother and that they, they knew that they had a mother but you permitted them to interact with them, wouldn't that be kind of something that would be considered cruel if you didn't allow your children to do that? Yes. Well, my question is, why doesn't the Mormons, who you know de- you know definitely believe in more than one God, let their people pray to their heavenly mother? It's almost as if you know it's kind of another thing against women.
1: Yeah, you can only
4: pray to a God if he's he's God. Do you know why they, they don't let them pray to their
1: Heavenly Mother? Yeah, I know I know what they say, at least that what I learned when I was a kid, and it's, it's so funny, because, you know, like we saw in those interviews on that, that documentary, they just kind of make up what feels right. And they used to say, well, Heavenly Father doesn't want us to know Heavenly F- Mother's name, because we will take it in vain, and that would make him very angry. So he just lets us use his name in vain but that's why he doesn't reveal Heavenly Mother's name and doesn't want us to talk to her. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's that's, that's the, the answer I've heard. In terms of official doctrine, I don't know what it is, but that's what I was taught.
4: Okay. Does that help, help Lauren?
1: Yeah, it does. It's just
4: one, another one of those twisty twistianities.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. Twist, twist, twist. Mother in heaven. Hey, God bless you. Hey. Thanks for watching out there in Illinois.
4: Keep up the good work, you're Thank- awesome. Thank
1: you, Lauren. God bless. Bye-bye. We're going to Kelly and Blufftail, first-time caller and LDS. Kelly, you're on Heart of the Matter. Great. You're on the air, my friend. What's your question I, I or comment? I
3: appreciate you giving me the opportunity. I, the question I had, I was just giving it three channels, and, and I caused me interviewing some Mormons. and I just had a question. I didn't know you put me on air, but that's okay.
1: Well, you're on the ask.
3: air. Oh, well, good. I was just going to ask if you believe that Jesus Christ is our brother? No. You do not. Okay.
1: I believe he's our that brother way. in the flesh. Okay. But not our spiritual brother.
3: Okay. I do, do you believe that me and you are brothers? Yeah. Okay.
1: Fleshly brothers, not spiritual brothers.
3: Okay. Alrighty. I just, have I just a question I had. I didn't know your belief in that. and
1: Yeah, uh, that's it.
3: It just kind of struck me kind of strange how, how you bring on how man was and will become and shall be and... You know, it just kind of bothered me a little bit. What well, the truth is and was, and how the truth always will be, you know. So
1: what do you, anyway, so I just, I just thought Kelly, I'd, yes, so, sir. So Kelly, is Jesus your brother?
3: You bet he is. Spirit, he is, spirit. You're my, you're my brother. You're my brother too. Is he your spirit Jesus, brother? Jesus, Jesus is our heavenly Father's son.
1: And see, and so and you you're. Know, there's,
3: a lot, there's a lot more to know. There's okay. a lot more to know. The truth. Kelly. Yes, sir.
1: I, I'm just asking you, so you believe that you're a spirit brother with Jesus and that Satan, Lucifer, was a spirit brother too who well, fell, right?
3: No, I, I just, my, my question is this.
1: No, I wait, just, you I don't, wait, wait, chance. wait, wait, wait. You don't believe that?
3: No, I didn't, I didn't answer that question. Because Will I you answer to, it? I don't want to use it. Well, the thing is, if you give me two hours, you know, to, to get into more two detail. Two hours you know, to answer to a to
1: truthful the question?
3: No, Did, the spirit, the spirit, okay, ask me the question again.
1: I want to know if you believe that you are a spirit brother of Jesus and that Lucifer is also a spirit brother of Jesus and yours and that Lucifer fell, of course, but do you believe that you are of the same spiritual essence, created spirit being as Jesus and Lucifer were? Well, I
3: I do believe that God is my father and God is Jesus and Lucifer's father. So where does that go?
1: Well, you just tell me. Can't Can't you articulate the truth plainly?
3: Well, you know... The, the plain truth is, is we are all, we are all children of our God, Father, in
1: Heaven. You can it's say it. Right. You can say the truth. Listen, I, Kelly, I went on a Mormon mission. Brother. Kelly, oh, yeah, I didn't Kelly, know that. I didn't. Kelly, I went on a Mormon mission. I yeah, went I through the temple, one. I've been to Elder's Quorum, I've been to the high priest, and when you're with your buddies, you don't hesitate like this. Okay. You lay it out I, flat I I and honestly. But here, when you get the world to listen, you're not, you know, up on a podium. You're getting the world to listen here. Why don't you speak the truth plainly? I am
3: telling the truth. Jesus is my brother, and Lucifer is my brother too.
1: Okay. What's That's different what different? I wanted to know, and I, okay. just, I just wanted someone to say it, Kelly. I appreciate okay. your honesty.
3: Well, is, no. That's it, unless it's a trick question. But all I know is there's one God. How is it trick? Like, you're making it sound like we're taking three as our God. How,
1: wait a second. Awesome. Wait a second. I'm making it sound like what? Three gods?
3: From, from, what, from what few minutes I listened to, it, you made it sound like that we believe that that there's that there's uh, we, we have three different gods or something. No, there's there's only one God. Who
1: is that sign? one God?
3: Our Father in Heaven. Okay. There's
1: was Jesus man. God then?
3: Jesus Christ died. Sin, I understand that. I understand that. Was through Jesus, Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ alone? I understand that. Get to, get to God. I'm asking There's you no what. Way.
1: I'm asking you, was Jesus God?
3: I'm sorry, what's that?
1: Was Jesus God?
3: Jesus was not God.
1: Thank you faith. again. Jesus, Simple. Jesus I mean, it's very concept. easy. Hey, you know what, Kelly? I respect you if you want to say yes, Jesus. You
3: know, that's yes or no question? I guess.
1: No, I'm you know, just asking and you and if you believe Jesus was God. It's really it. simple. But, G- I am, but
3: I do know that I'm a Christian. I'm 100% Christian, and I believe what? that. Well, wait a and second.
1: I, now, wait. What? Jesus Kelly? Suffered for my sins. Okay. That, is that, that... What kind of Christian are you when the Bible clearly articulates that Jesus was God that the Bible teaches that Satan is a created heavenly being that fell and that right. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega as, as okay. he speaks of himself in Revelation, that right. he has no really beginning or end, day. as John Nothing's says. Wait a second. No, 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 no. Who, what kind of Christian are you when you well, say, I'm a Christian, but you don't believe that Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, that he is not God, and that you believe that his brother is Lucifer. What kind of Christian are you?
3: Well, you, obviously... Obviously, I must not be a, a knowledgeable enough one. I do know that I Don't have Don't take the faith.
1: humble yeah. approach, you know. It, you can't back off on the humble approach now to get people to say, oh, that poor man. Right. You'll come you come on here and you spout. You spout that Jesus is your spiritual brother and Satan is too. And you say that Jesus thing, is not God. And in the same breath, you say that you're a Christian. There's okay. no way, my friend. Well, there is no before. way.
3: Well, I, I, maybe I'm not. I guess. I guess you're telling me I'm not. A, you know that's your word. However, he did say something about revelation.
1: What's that, and Kelly? That
3: that what, what it was was is when, when, when God talked to Moses. It's not any different today. It's not because God's not going to just give up on us.
1: Are we talking He's about gonna prophets communi- now? He's
3: going to com- keep communicating from today, tomorrow, and forever. Okay, stop. There'll always be revelation. Stop with we that. Modern revelation. Stop revelation. with
1: that. Let me read a verse. You made your proclamation. You you you're bringing prophets in now, modern day prophets. Well,
3: okay, I'm, I'm sorry, but you brought in you brought in Satan, and you brought in. I didn't say nothing
1: about Satan. Well, let me just talk you know, about your modern-day prophets. You're, you're a
3: lot more knowledgeable than me. I'm not, don't give me the humble approach. Don't
1: go down the, oh, I'm just not worthy. That's just me. Look at, my,
3: my belief is Jesus is my brother. I, I want
1: I want to read you what I the Bible says.
3: Mean, I, would, I don't know if I want to say to me, my brother or not. Kelly,
1: can I read you what the Bible says about your proclamation about God speaking to us you now bet through you. prophets? You bet you. All right, uh-huh. it says, God, who in different times and in past manners spake unto us by our fathers, To our fathers by the prophets. That's what it says. And it says, but in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. You see, prophets are gone, my friend. The law and the prophets fulfilled until John. Jesus said that himself. So what is this new thing now you throw in that God loves us and he brings prophets and all this? Do you read the manual being you're a Christian? Or do you you listen to those guys who want to say that they're prophets? In their their seersucker or uh, Hickey Freeman suits. I mean, oh, is that who you follow? Why don't you follow the true and living God, my friend? And I'm telling you this out of love. You've been beguiled. You pray don't, pray don't know the true need. and living God. You don't know him. And you need to know him. Yeah. All right, Kelly. God bless you. Thanks. You take care That's and open question. up that Bible and ask him. Reveal yourself okay. to me, God. Reveal yourself.
3: Well, yeah, it, it does talk in the Bible, too, about there being two sticks. When Ezekiel, he may find them out, too. And, another, we, and it's another... Another testament of the Bible, and there's this, you know, just because they get put in that book, you
1: know, okay. there's, more, there's more to know than we all know. Okay, now yeah, wait a I'll minute, Kelly. Kelly, you, you, now you've yeah. brought up a new thing—the two sticks idea, which we find in Ezekiel. If you yeah, read the context Ezekiel. of that, Ezekiel. if you read the context of that chapter, I will give you all the money I have, which is about a thousand dollars right now. <laughs> I'll give you a thousand dollars, Kelly, if you can tell me that is talking about the Book of Mormon in context. Well, you read that chapter context. in context.
3: I mean, I don't know what context you're talking about.
1: The all context of is, the book.
3: All I know is, brother, I love you. You're my brother. I, I
1: respect I'm not you. your spiritual I'm brother. I'm not
3: making a living. However,
1: I'm not making you know, a living.
3: Whatever, whatever makes you feel good in life, you get in your knees. It doesn't make me feel
1: good to get mad at you, Kelly. It you breaks know, my heart pay. that you're so deluded. It breaks my know, heart that, know, that those men good. in those, those suits allow you to call them prophet and stand when they walk in the room. It allows. It, it breaks my heart that you believe in a thing called the Doctrine and Covenants and Pearl of Great Price and the Book of Mormon and I've modern day revelation.
3: I I've never, I've never studied and learned as so much as I need to, and I have so much to know. You
1: know okay, really, Kelly.
3: Truly, I, I cannot grasp it all. But
1: you, I, I know, but know, but you can grasp. You
3: know, before anything to Mormonism, anybody would know that Jesus is your brother. It's got to be, you know, and Jesus, Jesus, through Jesus, through Him alone. Is where, you, where you can enter to, to our Father in heaven.
1: Can I read one more passage to you, Kelly? You betcha. Okay. It, talking about Jesus and John, it's very simple. It says, He came to His own, and His own received Him not, but as many as received Him, to them He gave power to become the sons of God. Become His, become the sons of God. We are not born the sons of God. We are not born his brother. It is through faith and receiving him that you become a son of God. That's where you've been deluded to. You need to be born again, Kelly. You need to understand God with spiritual eyes, not this, this stuff that you're regurgitating on here. Every one of your arguments, the, the Bible has said, no, no, no. But you insist on just regurgitating, just vomiting out this stuff that they've crammed down your throat your whole life, and you feel like it's truth. But, Kelly, it's not.
3: Well, I haven't, been, I haven't been active. I mean, I haven't been. This is something I'm learning. I
1: mean, well, I that's just, good. I, I'm glad you're so. learning, Kelly. Get on your knees and say, God, look at that Sean McCraney jerk. He's yelling at me. I want to know you. You show me you aside from what Monson says, my leader says, Sean McCraney. I want to know you. Open my eyes to the truth. Will you take that challenge?
3: You know, I'll tell you, the only time when I, when I actually really felt the Spirit... It's a whole it new is. topic. When I actually had it, when I humbled myself, and I felt myself had a, con- my, my heart was broken, in a contrite spirit, and I felt the spirit, and I knew, because I actually found a book, and I read it, and, I, and it tied right in to the truth. And you can't deny, not me anyways, there's no way that no 12-year-old boy can understand phantom and make up something so ridiculous, you take all of the professors in this world, put them together, they cannot even
1: put uh, them together. I, watch the our boys. show on the Book it's of Mormon. Incredible. Watch it's the show out. on the Book of Mormon. Uh, you, just so, ha- you haven't seen the facts. Go to utlm.org. Look at the facts of the Book of Mormon.
3: I'm sure, I'm sure people can do this and do that and you know, make it all, you know, whatever. But you, know no,
1: it, it just shows simple. you facts, if that, Kelly. If it
3: was that simple, just if it was that simple in life, then I'll tell you what, we wouldn't be here. Because we chose to be here, I believe that, in a spirit world. That Kelly, are you are
1: to going by here. your own intellect, your so, own belief system, it, it's not, the it's stuff not no you've been taught. Hand, it's,
3: it's, it's, it's definitely a lot of work. You just, okay. can't, you just can't wake we, up and throw out your arms and say, you know, I'm saved. You, you can't just
1: wake work. up, throw your arms, just, and say, I'm you said, saved?
3: You definitely have, there's, you have to work
1: for it. You got to work for so, it, Kelly. So, you got to commit, you, it, you gotta do, commit it. do I got to read those scriptures too? I no, mean, not of works, Kelly. Not of Stop. works. Not of works lest any man should boast, Kelly. Yeah, I
3: know. I, that's just kind of the way I feel. I'm just telling you Yeah, but my your
1: heart, feelings. I... You know what I feel like doing right now? I feel like going having a fifth of whiskey and eating a huge hamburger and tacos and, and just watching some terribly badly filmed PG-13 movie with scantily dressed women. That's what I feel like doing. But you don't do what you feel. You do what you know. You go by the facts, Kelly. You're not going by facts. You're going by what you feel. You've got to go by the facts. And every one of the things you've said, from Ezekiel to the prophets, to feelings, to how you're saved and works, every single thing is refuted in this book. This is why Christians say Mormons are not Christian. This is why we say that, Kelly. Do you understand that?
3: You know, I, I I really feel I'm a Christian. You know, I just... You know, I know you're a Christian. I mean, it just... It just How can I life. argue with
1: your feelings, Kelly? I feel like a woman sometimes. Yeah. But I, I take off... I take off the, the clothes and I realize it's... Well, it's sort of not true. <laughs> Kelly, hang in there, man. Let's talk All right. again. All
3: right, you have a good day.
1: God bless. Oh, goodness. I got myself on, caught in the corner on that one. Let's go to Monroe. Zelda yes. Monroe, you're on Heart yeah. of the Matter. Hello. Hello, Monroe.
0: Oh, hi. You're on uh, the air, my friend. I thought you are still talking to Kelly.
1: No, we're done.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I just had just uh, one question. I just got thrown off a horse That my back, broke everything. Oh. What's, what's with all uh, cowboy regalia and all of that? windmill stuff and
1: everything it, it depends on who you talk to if you go on the internet they say I'm a, I'm a latent homosexual and I have some kind of cowboy fetish but in in reality I love everything Western. I got to choose how I was going to decorate my set We are in a place where there's a lot of people who deal with cowboys I'm a city guy forget it I'm a I'm an urban cowboy oh, okay. wannabe but I love that whole thing. Sure. and that's what it's you, all about. Do you
0: ride horses or? I,
1: I rode one once and it scared me to death, but uh Well,
0: I got a whole bunch. We and you have a broken back ride. too. So, you know, uh you know, you have a uh you have a tremendous charisma. You're uh interesting looking guy and very powerful. <laughs> I think it's uh you know, interesting you kinda, and powerful. You what a it, combo. I make it hard on some of these uh, old school uh, Mormons, but uh I they don't, by the way, the, the general authorities don't wear seersucker. Do you know what seersucker is?
1: I do. I just oh, said okay, that because I imagine them maybe on their tropical vacations they might slip into oh, them and no one no, knows who they are. No, they wouldn't
0: even do that. They get all their clothes from DCMI. They get a little break there. But, uh, but anyhow, uh, I was just, I, I'm a clinical psychologist, so I'm, I'm just kind of uh, wondering. You did go on a mission, right? Yeah, I did. Where did you go?
1: I went to Pennsylvania, uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania.
0: Did you did you assist in the conversion or play a role in anyone so called being converted and baptized?
1: Yeah, I, I I baptized very few. Only I think uh, five people.
0: Okay, and but you did uh, like the movies they show uh, the best two years. I loved now, it. No, I don't have, you know, I'm not holding that against you because uh 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 uh, uh, uh not Thoreau, uh, his his mentor uh, uh who am I thinking of?
1: One of the expatriates?
0: No, the Thoreau's me- mentor Wal- Ralph
1: Lanners. Ralph Waldo Emerson.
0: Strongly one day with all your heart, and then the next day espouse the opposite, if you need be. Uh, And so I'm not holding that against you, but my only thought was the damage that you did out in the conversion process, the psychological damage, and in planting seeds, have you gone? You know, I'm really sorry for leading you down to hell,
1: Monroe. When I uh, when I first started in the ministry and I was writing the book, I contacted the only people I could really remember, and uh-huh. they, they're in Pennsylvania and they really wanted nothing to do with what I said because they're very active and they were into it. And I brought them uh-huh. in. The rest of them, the other the other three actually, because this was a couple, uh, they were like baptisms by. Uh, you know, I just was fortunate to be in the area at the time, and I don't even yeah. know their names. Yeah. Uh, but
0: well, now, I think the audience, if nothing else, ought to see that that goes to your character. So I, as a person, I think you'd be a aghast to interact with or ride horses with, uh, hang out with, and uh, debate about it. I'd probably rather debate about art. And
1: uh, I would love to debate with you about art.
0: Do you like art?
1: I love it. We'll do what that else? someday, Monroe. I do. We'll have to. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to talk afterward, my friend.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm one of those dyed in the wool. I was a I was a very uh, hippie and, and went to Vietnam and everything else. So I've got one. Of, I I'm I'm all mired in all of this uh, uh, oddball Mormon stuff, but I can't. I'll never get out. And well, uh, I have a testimony, but. But as for you, I was just more going into your character and you as a person and wondering what in the hell all those uh, (laughs) skulls were and skulls, even a skull on the cross.
1: Oh, I know, I know. Hey, we'll talk about it, man. I got to go. We got other callers, but we'll talk again. Take Take, care. Take care, Monroe. Bye-bye. I like Monroe. He was nice. Maybe we can get him uh, back in the saddle and (laughs) talking. Jim West Jordan, you're on Heart of the Matter. First-time caller.
5: Hi, Sean. Yeah, I, I just wanted to, to uh, say you did really well with Kelly there. Uh, that's one of the best uh, sequences so far. <laughs>
1: yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it?
5: Yeah, it was. Um, and I've really enjoyed your your covering of the genuine teaching of, of God. Uh, awesome. You know, you are talking about their view that there's endless gods. There's Father God of have uh, noticed in your own search of LDS teaching that in the King Follett sermon he uh, addresses the idea of the true and only God and uh, I've become convinced from studying the LDS teachings for over 20 years here that they actually believe a Eastern and Masonic view Uh, at that point Joseph is believing he says, uh, you've got to come to know the true and only God, and you've got to know how to become gods, as all the other gods have done before you. Yeah. Which makes the true and only God the process, the tools, the linkage, the priesthood. The God is the priesthood. Like the Easterners have the uh, one great God continuum that we all join into.
1: Yeah. Have yeah, you I have noticed th- that? Yeah, I have. I've considered those things, and, and that King Follett discourse, like Sandra Tanner said, in that little blip on that video, I don't know if you saw it, but, you know, uh, he was teaching us how to become gods. And it really does tie into those Eastern metaphysics and that Masonic thing of going up incrementally through step by step by step in improvement till you reach, you know, godhood. So uh, I think you're right on, uh, right on task, Jim. And
5: at that point, in his, his own effort to understand whatever he's thinking he's understanding... He, he has become so convoluted in believing that men, the God of uh, uh, reproduction in, in Egypt, is, is their God, that Abraham's viewing on the throne in that facsimile in the book of Abraham. yeah, uh, That's God, right? He's the God-men. And, uh, you know, father out of father out of father, the only way he can say true and only God now is to look at all the god nature that you can link into through the God-nature priesthood, the process,
1: the yeah. method. It's good stuff, Jim. You're giving good food for thought. We really appreciate it. Thanks for watching.
5: I, I hope some others will comment that are LDS on this.
1: We'll see if they will. I appreciate you it. Take care, Jim. Bye-bye. We're almost out of time. Uh, listen, this is from uh, Garcia from, it says, the islands. I've read so much about dreams in the Bible. What do you think of dreams? Um, I think that dreams are definitely part of the Old Testament uh, uh, economy of God. And and I think that God promised in Joel that young men would uh, see visions and old men would dream dreams. And I know that in the book of Acts, chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, Peter said, this is the fulfillment of that prophecy. And And that was when the Holy Spirit came. I think dreams can be revelatory uh, uh, per, for a person. I think that dreams should fall uh, completely in line with the Word of God. I think if a dream tells you that you must uh, uh, kill somebody or do something like this, I think that you need to check your medicine and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and what you're eating before you go to bed, because you know it's not gonna go against God's written word. And his written word was given by people who witnessed God incarnate come and reveal himself, and then he told them to report and write about what they saw. So, dreams, I think, are fun. I think they're uh, interesting. I think God can speak to us through dreams, but I think that they're going to be couched within the August uh, volume of the Scripture, and if not, I think you need to be very uh, careful about them. Uh, Job, in fact, I, saw, I was just talking to a friend. In fact, we ha- we have time. Uh, 49 seconds. Job 7, um, Job chapter 7 verse 13, Job, who has already been turned over to Satan for Satan to do what he wants except kill him, uh, says, hey, I'm having these horrible dreams. You know, you're coming to me in these dreams and you're terrifying me and you're scaring me. So maybe Satan has some uh, some uh, realm in the dream world too. He did with Job. So that being said, listen, uh, remember folks, we need your help. We're having a volunteers meeting this coming Saturday, July 10th uh, at the Holiday Inn Express right off the I-15. Uh, and 4500 South, 10 to 2 p.m. Lunch will be served. And if you are interested and get involved, hope to see you there. Everybody's invited except the assassins. And that includes uh, uh, spies. And we know who you are. We'll see you next week here on Heart of the Matter.